0: Welcome back to Myths and Movies. I'm Erin, and unfortunately Sarah couldn't be here today, but we're hoping she'll come back soon. I want to thank you guys for joining us as we dive into our favorite movies and learn about fairies, trolls, mythical monsters, and folklore. This week, I thought we could travel to South Africa. We're going to cover a monster there that's not as well known in America, So, and it's a weird one, <laughs> so hang on to your hats. Um, last week we did a fairy tale. So I thought this week it might be fun to do a monster and mix it up a little bit. So I should probably warn you listeners. This is one of the darker monsters we've, we have covered, you know, we've talked about terrible monsters before, like the Wendigo. And do you remember when I said that the Wendigo spirit was said to enter real people and then they would do terrible things. This is very similar People have done some terrible things and then claim they are possessed with the spirit of the monster. So this monster is called a tokoloshi, and I'll get into a little bit. Um, but first, I wanted to say that there's a famous movie from 1999. It's a South African movie, and it's based on a real case from South Africa in the 1930s, in which a man is on trial for killing his young nephew, who he believed was a tokoloshi. And in the course of researching this, I found a South African tabloid that is super popular. It's sort of like the Inquirer, but even more outrageous, if you can believe it. And it's incredibly popular, and they regularly feature stories about people encountering a tokoloshi. Even now in the modern era, you can find them all over online. And the paper even attributes their popularity to featuring the tokoloshi often, like that they sort of go hand in hand. The editor-in-chief actually said, quote, The Daily Sun wouldn't be the Daily Sun without the Tokeloshi." This is definitely something that... I mean, imagine an American paper saying that about, you know... Like, our paper just wouldn't be the same without Bigfoot. I mean, it just seems totally insane to me. But I think it's just more of entertainment value. Um, See a big, splashy headline, and you've just got to know more what happened with the Tokoloshi. Anyway... What's interesting is that people actually call the paper and tell them their stories. They're not, well, they might be making this up sometimes, but for the most part, it's people calling in and telling their story. And uh, these people really believe in it and they've tried everything else and the reporters are generally sympathetic. So if something bad was happening to you and no one could help, um, you might be desperate and call the paper. Why not? And they have a Sangamah slash healer on call so they can get some help. Um, So it's kind of like Dr. Phil when he exploits you on television, but then he hooks you up with free free therapy. So, you know, you're making a deal, but you'd get something out of it. So Um, anyway, so this is a very real thing in South Africa. They even have a specific police officer who deals with it in the, um, you know, bureau. So in the Satanic Panic of the 80s and 90s, there was a task force formed in South Africa. They dealt with the occult and investigating all of that, but it's unclear just what crimes they ever investigated. It was eventually disbanded, but according to a Vice article I found, they do still have about 40 police officers who are trained to deal with occult crimes, like a tokoloshi or ritual murders. And ritual murders do still happen among some African tribes. It's unclear how often it happens, but it's enough to make the government uneasy. Which, pretty much any amount would make you feel uneasy, I would imagine. Um, But we're not covering that today because I do not want to. We're going to cover the Tokoloshi, this weird little goblin guy, monster. (laughs) Okay, are you ready for a campfire tale? We haven't had one in a while. So, here we go. Once upon a time, there was a land filled with miles of desert. The people lived a hard life as the land did not yield much. They lived in round huts with a thatched roof. It was cozy at night because everyone slept on mats, curled around the fire for warmth. People encouraged each other to be careful because there was a monster who prowled at night looking for his next prey. He would creep inside the room, staying low to the ground. The monster was small and could easily sneak up on you and scratch you with his long, bony fingers. Sometimes he would wrap those long, bony fingers around your neck, killing you slowly and painfully. The only person that could control these dreadful creatures was a witch. As time went on, people learned that they could sleep elevated on bricks and other materials. That would keep them safe from the clutches of the Tokoloshi. The end... So basically the idea is something at night, creeping, creeping into your room and killing you. As a child, I had a serious fear of stuff under my bed, um, probably like most kids. (laughs) And, you know, I watched The Sixth Sense where that actually does happen. A ghost hides under the bed and grabs me by the ankle. And I honestly thought I would never sleep again. (laughs) I thought there's no way I'm getting up out of this bed. Absolutely not. But, you know, what is that thought that like, okay, if I can just make it to the bathroom, then I'll be safe. Or if I can just make it back onto my bed, then I'll be safe. You know, it's like home base or something, <laughs> which makes no sense. Also, there was a really, oh, I'm going to date myself. There was a, um oh, I'm going to freak myself out sitting here alone. Um, There was a urban legend that I heard once at a sleepover and it just terrified me. What was it? Um, oh, okay. I've got it. Thank you, Wikipedia. So I'm going to tell it to you. I'll probably delete this, but um, just <laughs> just so we can all be freaked out. Um, a very young girl's home alone for the first time with only her dog for company. Listening to the news, she hears of a killer on the loose in the neighborhood. Terrified, she locks all the doors and windows, but she forgets about the basement window and it is left unlocked. She goes to bed, taking her dog to her room with her and letting it sleep under the bed. She wakes in the night to hear a dripping sound coming from the bathroom. The dripping noise frightens her, but she's too scared to get out of bed and find out what it is. To reassure herself, she reaches a hand toward the floor um, for the dog and is rewarded by a reassuring lick on her hand. The next morning when she wakes, she goes to the bathroom for a drink of water, only to find her dead, mutilated dog hanging in the shower, with his blood slowly dripping onto the tiles on the shower wall written in the dog's blood are the words humans can lick too anyway (laughs) why did i tell you that okay let's get back to what we're talking about okay um let's see So this Tokoloshi, very scary. See, I'm just freaked out by that one urban legend. Imagine if there was a monster um, that you were always told about to stay away from and that it pervaded every part of your society. You would be freaked out. You would think that this thing was real and you would be afraid of it. Um, Okay, so let's talk about what it looks like. The Tokoloshi appears to resemble a goblin or a gremlin it's small. It's quite. It's quite short, and it has large furry ears, um, like a gremlin. And it's sort of bald and gray, like a gargoyle, half human. I don't know, like a half human, half animal thing. And he supposedly feeds off of dark energy. Now, so are we talking about the dark energy of the witch that created the Tokeloshi? Not really. Um, the tokoloshi feeds off of despair and misery. The more miserable you are, the stronger that it gets. And uh, that works for a lot of these creatures. The strength always seems to depend on how much power you give it. So that makes sense. Um, there are different accounts of how a tokoloshi is created. I'm going to give you the most common and descriptive version. I was watching a PBS sh- um, uh, a PBS documentary about these and the host interviewed a Sangama and that means healer in Zulu. And she asked him, how are these things created? And he said, I have no idea. I'm not a witch. So he has zero interest Doesn't want to hear about it. And it's probably because the price is too high. So in witchcraft and basically in life, you never get anything for free. There's always a price to be paid for what you want. And in order to create a tokoloshi, you must pay a very, very high price. Um, So it's said that a person, usually a jealous person, will approach a witch and um, they want help for getting revenge on somebody. So this is bad. Um, The witch will ask for a soul and the client must agree. And they're not allowed to pick the soul. um, As it is said, the tokoloshi will decide. Um, then the witch will dig up a dead body, pierce the eye sockets and brain with a hot poker. So it cannot think for itself. And then she splits the tongue so that he can only speak her language and be controlled by her. Then the witch will sprinkle the body with a special powder causing it to shrink. Then the tokoloshi is set free where it will terrorize the soul it has claimed. Um, however, there are varying descriptions of how the tokoloshi is made so that was just one. There's another where a witch creates a doll and then uses that as the host for the tokoloshi. I've seen accounts where an animal is used. A corpse is a big one where you use the, the corpse for the tokoloshi. And then, of course, there's the Frankenstein. Then you have the Frankenstein model where different pod, where different body parts are sewn together. So, ugh, um, yuck. I I would imagine that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> but you can see why people are frightened of these things. Um, The one thing they all have in common though, is the piercing of the forehead to get to the brain and piercing the eyes. That is to ensure the witch has control of the Tokoloshi and that it cannot think for itself. But you would think, Oh, well, that would make it impossible for the monster to see. Right. And so I think the idea is that the witch sees for the Tokoloshi I, I could be wrong, but that's sort of the idea I got. Um, now, just like there are multiple stories about how to create a tokoloshi, there are multiple stories about how evil the thing is. Depending on the region, the tokoloshi has varying degrees of malevolence. Sometimes he's just a prankster, sometimes he will literally kill you. And he kind of sounds like a boogeyman, right? Like boogeymen specialize in children, they're always after children it is the tokoloshi similar so again that depends on the region some only want to terrorize a child some have a rigid code of ethics and refuse to touch a child it just depends on that um he does kind of sound like a knight though right he's got a rigid code of ethics (laughs) and he's got to do everything by the letter of the law is there any way to defeat the tokoloshi great question People often turn to healers. So in Zulu, the, tam- the term is Sangama, which means healer, like I said. Um, I also read where a healer who was being interviewed in the paper, he said the best thing to do is surround yourself with people who love and support you. Which sounds like great advice for anyone, tokoloshi or not. Well, that sounds like great advice just for, you know, dealing with your life (laughs) um this guy was actually speaking in the context of dealing with a problem so in the paper in the article i read the this woman liked to gamble with her friends and she played a game similar to mahjong and she had been winning a lot lately and at night she was having these terrible nightmares so everyone said a tokoloshi was created by someone jealous to torment her what were her dreams about um (laughs) Okay, this might be the time if a child is listening to um, cover those little ears. Um, she, this was a black lady and she was having recurring sex dreams where she met a handsome white man, which doesn't really sound like a nightmare. Um, sounds like she was having a great old time, but uh, she and she definitely didn't seem too disturbed. but um, the Tokoloshi is for whatever reason, a very sexual little creature. So something out of the ordinary is um, always blamed on the Tokoloshi. So first, I'm talking about the tokoloshi being blamed for serial killings and child abuse, and now it's being blamed for bad dreams. I mean, that's quite a change. And, I mean, it is confusing. The tokoloshi is often blamed for an entire range of things. I think as violence has decreased throughout the decades, the tokoloshi has also become more peaceful. Uh, In that tabloid that I referenced earlier, there are some seriously wild stories. Um, And okay, listeners with little ears, turn it off. Go ahead. Um, There's one where a guy says a gay tokoloshi has been visiting him and raping him. And then he has no energy to be with his wife. So he has spent over 10 grand trying to get rid of the tokoloshi, which this is so offensive on many levels. And there's a cartoon that accompanies it that is even more offensive. I mean, it's like Baby Yoda in drag. It's very weird. And uh, listen, I, I do, I feel bad for this guy that he feels like he needs to lie about this. You know, there was another newspaper that responded and said, this is super offensive. And they sort of explained that in South Africa, they have like a macho culture similar to Latin American countries. A man is judged on his virility. And if he hadn't, didn't have any, he would be shamed. Um, So when I read it, I immediately thought, okay, this man is gay and he's trying to feed his wife some line, but it's also possible that he has low testosterone or some sort of physical issue. And in that case, he should see a doctor, not a a Sangma. Sorry, Sangmas. Um, There's not, that was pretty much the juiciest story that I read. Um, There's a bunch of other ones where people are like, being poked or having rocks thrown at them which is obviously not fun but it's not nearly as salacious as the other one um so in these stories they do interview the healer and they get his advice so they don't really uh, it's not like an interview per se but they kind of say well what should we do and this one made me laugh because uh, he was like okay su- surround yourself with people who build you up and if that doesn't work call me and then he gave his phone number. So it wasn't really specific advice. Um, And I did not call it. Don't ask. I don't want to waste his time. And second, those international calls will seriously cost you. Um, I thought he might mention something about the bricks under the bed that we talked about earlier that can prevent a possible Tokoloshi. He did say that that's very effective. So I guess that's something you could try but then he followed it up with seemingly contradictory advice when he said that they can also make a Tokoloshi amped up so that he is even angrier and the stuff that he does to you is even worse. So he can it makes him work even harder to possess you. So, I mean, you really can't win. I guess you just call the Sangamon, hope for the best. I, I don't know. So you would think, based on these ridiculous stories, it sort of seems like the creature isn't taken too seriously, right? And I think that sort of depends. I think it's evolved. Um, the tokoloshi seems to have taken on whatever society fears at the moment. So like in the 90s, there was a spate of child abuse being blamed on tokoloshis for a while. Mothers would take their kids to the hospital and when questioned, they would say it was a tokoloshi. So on the positive side, the kids were getting treatment. There was a, And there was a way for them to sort of explain what was happening without getting in trouble. And on the negative side, obviously these mothers were the ones committing the violence. So, um, but you know, it kind of makes sense. I feel like, you know, what in the past, it seems like it's been only the past 15, 20 years that people have been seriously talking about child abuse and people are so loath to believe that a parent, especially a mother could afflict, could inflict abuse. So a mythical being, this tokoloshi, is one way that you could talk about it. But you you could argue that that further hurts the child in society because abuse can only happen when it is hidden. Uh, Yeah, it's definitely a mixed bag. Um, Further examples of the tokoloshi representing society's fears. There's a movie that I was reading about where the tokoloshi was the symbol of the patriarchy and the abuse of men in a character's life, which I thought was very interesting. Another example of the tokoloshi representing the culture is during the late 80s, early 90s. And if you think about what was happening in South Africa at the time, um, your mind immediately goes to apartheid. And so that was when this, pe- this period was when the South African government was just starting to get held to account. Countries were imposing sanctions, and it seemed like the white government would really have to do something. And then after many, many, many violent deaths, the system was brought down. During this time of unrest, people reported seeing tokoloshis in churches with primarily white congregations. And I think the symbolism there is quite obvious. An African folktale interrupting a white Christian church. And that's an obvious reflection of the white South Africans' fears of dismantling apartheid. So it's, it does seem strange, right? I mean, white South Africans would probably reject Zulu folklore and dismiss it as backward. And then for them to claim that they see a figure of folklore in their church seems very strange, but I, I don't think they're embracing it. I think it's more of like a cruel way to use someone's beliefs as a weapon, like they're using that creature against them. And I mean, they're seeing, they're, they say that they see this Tokoloshi, an ugly, grotesque monster, and they're equating it with the people. There's a well-known author, I can't remember a name, so I'll link it in the show notes, where he puts it better. Um, and to paraphrase what he says, a violent, vengeful Africa invading the peaceful white community. And that's, I think he's right on. I think that's exactly what they see is happening. Uh, it does make sense, though, because with tearing down the apartheid, white people would see it as black people invading their land, which, of course, is insane, and it ignores the country's history. So the Tokeloshi has been used as a scapegoat for society's fears, but it's also been used as a scapegoat for actual crimes. And now I'm going to reference that movie I mentioned earlier about, um, it was a 1999 film where, uh, about a story from the 30s where a guy killed his nephew. So that was based on a real case from the 30s um, when an African herdsman murdered his one-year-old nephew because he was convinced it was really a tokoloshi, which I probably could have lived my whole life without hearing that story. So you're welcome for just spreading it around. Um, There was another guy who killed 15 people in the 1950s. And when he was caught 18 months later, he claimed to be possessed by the spirit of a tokoloshi. Um, he was sentenced to death and several Zulu chiefs asked to be present so they could confirm that he did not come back as a Tokoloshi. They were permitted and it seems that he did not reappear as a Tokoloshi, um, which is that whole story is very upsetting. Um, is there any reason for this myth? So we talked about we talked about when we first started this show, we covered changelings. I think it was episode three or something. And we talked about changelings being a way to explain disabled children. So um, is does that have any bearing here? So there is a theory that has been floated around, which is rooted in the way people slept. I, earlier I mentioned thatched huts and people sleeping on the floor next to the fire. And part of avoiding the tokoloshi is stuffing bricks under your bed to raise the bed higher. So people have theorized that people were dying because the fire would deplete the oxygen level if you were near the ground. So how would that happen? It's possible that um, as oxygen levels were depleted, it would be replaced by carbon monoxide that the fire is pumping out. Since carbon monoxide is heavier than oxygen, it would sink to the ground right where you were sleeping. I'd, it's possible. I'm not sure that it's um, accurate. Um The main thing I took from my research is that Tokeloshi is the ultimate scapegoat. He is the monster responsible for your nightmares, no matter how evil or banal they might be. Um, He seems to embody whatever people's fears are, and that's why he's evolved so much over the decades. And I guess that's just how a myth survives through the years. They take take on whatever fears um, people have of the day. This is a really weird episode and I'm glad we all feel uncomfortable because I sure do. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to say that this is like representative of South Africa, that everyone believes in this. I don't think so. Um, But I mean, it is something that's featured widely in newspapers and it was absolutely something that um, people did blame um, there are bad actions on, so, um, who knows? <laughs> if you want to fight with me about it, feel free to, uh, tweet at me or email me. Um, just be nice about it. Um, so I guess this brings us to the end of our show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope it made everyone feel uncomfortable. As always, if you want to support the show, we've got fun stuff over on Patreon. You can follow us on Instagram or Twitter. Of course, links are in the show notes. I've got my um, the research that I found, and you can check that out. Most importantly, please hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate it. And uh, goodbye. <laughs> Join us back next week when hopefully we do something a little bit less weird. Although it's me, so probably not. But thanks for listening, guys. Bye-bye.